0: There's almost 600 references to heaven in the Bible. I'm not talking about all of the heavens. I'm talking about the throne of God. I'm talking about a place that has eternal significance. The Bible talks a lot about heaven. Jesus, the Bible says in in John 14, he's going to prepare a place for you and I in this place called heaven that we could spend eternity with the Lord forever, according to First Thessalonians 4. So I would like to think that the answer, is heaven a real place, is by all means, unequivocally, yes. We don't know everything about heaven. There's many things that the Bible does not give clarity, and I'm going to spend, like I said, a few moments trying to open up this place.
1: P-A-Z Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: Today, we're going to talk about heaven. This is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, the week before everything that established your salvation and mine happened, And all biblically established and foretold. Palm Sunday, I think, is the best day to talk about heaven. For all who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're going to spend a long time together in heaven. So it will be good to know a little bit about what we're looking forward to. How many can say amen? amen? What I want to do real quick is get out of the way some of the things. We've heard lots of things about heaven over the years. We've heard about three different heavens. What does that mean? Well, the Bible's very clear there's three heavens. The first heaven is what's called the firmament, if you will. It's the space that we breathe. It's the place that the animals, uh, the birds fly, and the, and the pterodactyls, if they're still around, fly. And, and the Bible says that rain comes from the heavens. Okay? The second heaven is the, is the stratosphere, if you will, the stellar heaven, where the planets are contained and, and the stars and the moon and all of these different things. The Bible says that the sun in Psalm 19 uh, revolves around in the heaven. Finally, the third heaven that the Bible talks about is the throne room of God. It's that place that one day we will know, one day we will see. And as we will talk about here in this message for a few moments this morning, there are some folks that have already seen heaven, There's a movie starting in about four days. Uh, And it's one of the greatest, if you haven't read it, it's about a little boy, he was eight years old, and he he died Uh, momentarily. He had appendicitis, I think it was, and his appendix burst. A little boy by the name of Burpo, his dad was a pastor. And it's just an amazing story. And I've watched the trailers, I've read the reviews, and unlike the current Noah movie that has nothing to do with God, this one seems like it is going to point everybody. I've got to inject this. How many have seen God's not dead?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I tell you, if you have not seen it, you need it. It's showing two times at the, at the movie theater. We liked it so much. My wife and I went and saw it twice. Okay. Uh, and so it's going to, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning and eight o'clock at night. So you can go tonight if you want to. If you haven't seen it. I don't hardly ever recommend movies, but this movie will actually give you strength in your Christian walk. It'll give you uh, certainty and confidence. A lot of people say, what about that one that I've spent so much time pouring my life into? What if they never get saved? What if they do? Never stop. So I would encourage you, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, go see it. You say, Pastor, are you just promoting it because it's made by a Christian organization? Not at all. I'm promoting it because it's a huge message. Straight on. This is a great, great time. So be a part of that. Uh, but the, uh, is heaven real? When we first started this church, a few months after the church opened, we invited Don Piper. Many of you have read his book now. Uh, Don Piper spent 90 minutes in heaven. And he came to our church. We rented the Radisson ballroom, and we had him come and share his story of what it was like and what uh, happened to him. And and it's all medical fact, all medically proven that he was dead for 90 minutes. And, uh, folks, you don't die for 90 minutes and don't have some serious problems. Now, he has physical issues, but there's no brain damage, uh, no, you know, things like that, which normally would happen after a few minutes. The same thing with this boy. So in a few days, it's called uh, uh, Heaven is Real, and so I'm going to go see it. I'm probably going to see it the day it opened, uh, just to go and have hear what this little boy has to say. Now, yes, they will Hollywoodize it. Okay, just look for God, and I guarantee you'll find Him probably everywhere. First Kings, chapter eight, talks about this third heaven. Behold the heaven and heaven of heavens. They cannot even contain you. And this is your dwelling place. So the first thing I want to do in the next few moments this morning is I want to ask, is heaven a real place? There's almost 600 references to heaven in the Bible. I'm not talking about all of the heavens. I'm talking about the throne of God. I'm talking about a place that has eternal significance. The Bible talks a lot about heaven. Jesus, the Bible says in in John 14, he's going to prepare a place for you and I in this place called heaven that we could spend eternity with the Lord forever, according to 1 Thessalonians 4. So I would like to think that the answer, is heaven a real place, is by all means, unequivocally, yes. Yes. We don't know everything about heaven. There's many things that the Bible does not give clarity. And I'm going to spend, like I said, a few moments trying to open up this place. There's almost 600 references to heaven in the Bible. I'm not talking about all of the heavens. I'm talking about the throne of God. I'm talking about a place that has eternal significance, The Bible talks a lot about heaven. Jesus, the Bible says in in John 14, he's going to prepare a place for you and I in this place called heaven that we could spend eternity with the Lord forever, according to 1 Thessalonians 4. So I would like to think that the answer, is heaven a real place, is by all means, unequivocally, yes. We don't know Everything about heaven. There's many things that the Bible does not give clarity. And I'm going to spend, like I said, a few moments trying to open up this place. But the one thing that we do know for sure is heaven is not on earth. Every time the word of God refers to heaven, it refers to up. Are you with me? Every time you read about heaven, it refers to as up. Now, I went out on the Internet last night about 11 o'clock, and I found some different things, and I added some things to it. But in your bulletin is this little green piece of paper. There's just lots of Scripture about heaven. Go look at it. Go go read the verses and, and some of the real cool things. I want to put that in you because, folks, in our church, if you happen to be new to this church, one of the things that I'm real adamant about, and I know you love me, you trust me, uh, you, you believe that this man's a man of God, but I want you to take this word for it before you take my word for it, okay? You want to take God's word for it before you take anybody else's word. Though we don't know anything much about heaven, the Bible's always pointing up. We know that unlike Jimmy Page wrote, there is no stairway to heaven. But the truth is, is we have to imagine this unimaginable place, Colossians chapter 3 tells us that if we are born again, that we need to set our minds on the things of God which are in heaven. Let me just give you some real clear things. The Bible says there are windows in heaven. In Malachi chapter 3, it says that God will open the window of heaven. The windows, plural, excuse me and pour out a blessing there would not be room enough to contain. So we know that heaven is up. We know that there are windows in heaven. Well, the Bible also says that there are doors in heaven. And one day you and I will walk through that door. If you are a Christian, you have already walked through the first door because Jesus said, I am the door. And no man can come in any other way except through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And a loud voice said, come up. Well, the Bible says that there's also thrones in heaven. Now, we can't fully imagine the beauty and the radiance of the thrones of God or the throne of God. And I'm going to take you into Revelation 21 here in a moment. But Revelation four talks about angels. So majestic in their beauty and their countenance that they're just almost unimaginable. The, The Bible describes them as different looking creatures but they have but one job around the throne of God. And listen what well, this is in Revelation 4. They fly around all day singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is yet to come. What I want to ask you is can you really imagine the splendor Can you imagine the grandeur? You see, mere words cannot even begin to describe this place because it's a place that I believe are too wonderful for words. The Bible uses many descriptions about heaven it says it's a garden, a place of rest, it's a house with many rooms, it's a kingdom. It's a heavenly country, a place of joy. In your notes there, as I gave it to you, what will heaven be like? It'd be a place of continual praise and worship. Scripture says it's going to be very beautiful. A place in the presence of God where there's going to be nothing but joy, satisfaction, grandeur, and majesty. And it's going to be a place that we're going to live eternally. I I don't know if any of these things are exciting you or not. But I start to imagine all of this stuff about this place. The thing that I know. First Peter gives us an understanding that his mercy has given us this new hope and this living hope of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead an inheritance listen to this that can never perish and look what it says kept in heaven for you and I Psalm 11 says that this way the Lord is in his holy temple And his throne is in heaven. In Revelation chapter 21, the Bible begins to describe this place. And listen to some of the pictures that it gives us here. Twelve gates of pearl. Three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, three on the west. Twelve angels standing by these twelve gates. And, and look at the colors that are spread out of this glorious picture of this place called heaven. Look what it says here. I'm making everything new. It's all going to be done. And they begin to describe the glory, the grandeur, the majesty, the beauty of this place. It says it's going to be square, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles deep. If you figure that out, that's about the size of the moon. But look what it says here about some of the colors. The walls will be made of jasper. Revelation 21, starting the 18th verse. The city of pure gold, as of pure glass, the foundations of the city and the walls are decorated with every precious stone. The first foundation is jasper. The second, sapphire. Chalcedony, emerald, sardinx, carnelian, crystallite, beryl, topaz, chrysophrase, janeth, amethyst. The 12 pearls of the 12 gates, each a singular place. And the streets made of pure gold transparent is the purity of it so much so that it's like glass what is heaven going to be like well the Bible says there's a river of life flowing out of it there's a crystal sea that you and I will live around thousands upon thousands, upon thousands will be there. What's it going to be like? Well, I want to throw away some myths real quick. What I just described is the new Jerusalem. The Bible doesn't say that heaven has streets of gold. But the new heaven and the new earth does. My picture would be that the present heaven must, though the Bible doesn't give us that understanding. Revelation 21 talks about a new heaven and a new earth. You say, well, Pastor, okay, then what's it going to be like? Well, let's go all the way back to Exodus 25, and I'm just going to paraphrase it to you. And over in Hebrews 8, it tells us that earth was patterned After heaven. How many have ever looked at some of the breathtaking views? Panoramas of this wonderful world we live in. Oh yeah, I know that that we have messed it up and man has done all of this because of buying into Satan's lie. But is not the truth that when God creates the new heaven and new earth, that this glorious grandeur is going to be redone? Am I making any sense today? See, the one thing that I know about heaven, I can describe all kinds of things, and we will even a little bit more as we go. But you know what's going to make heaven heaven? Jesus is going to be there. And we're going to be with him. And the Bible says we're going to be like him. Look at Revelation 21. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne and said, look, God's home is now with his people He lives there with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with us. Oh, come on. I got three amens and God himself will be with us. Look what it says. And he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. All these things are gone forever. And look what God says. I am making Everything new. I'm not sure you're getting the picture. I'm trying to describe the undescribable, Imagine the imaginable. Illustrate that that cannot be illustrated. But God says, I'm going to be there. So you know it's going to be a good place. Can you say amen? No pain, no suffering, no sorrow. The host... Of angels. What's heaven gonna be like? The angels are gonna be serving the Lord day and night as they do right now. And the Bible says that they're gonna be ministering to us as well. On Patmos, John had a vision, a glimpse of heaven, if you will. Stephen, right before he died at the hands of a man named Saul, who later we know would become Paul, he said, I see heaven opened up. And I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Paul himself had a glimpse of heaven on the Damascus Road. The vision was so bright, the Bible says that that he was blinded. But look what he went the rest of his life declaring in Acts 26. He said, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And he shares a little bit. He said, upon 14 years ago, I knew a man that was caught up into the third heaven. And listen what he says. He said he was caught up into paradise and he heard unspeakable words, which not lawful for anyone to utter. When Jesus had the thief next to him on the cross, he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. You see... I sit back and I look at all the things that God has done and I look at the majesty of his grandeur and his glory and what he's created. And I understand something. Jesus, when he died at Calvary, he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Well, the Bible talks about a place called paradise was a place that was separated by a great gulf. Hell was on one side, paradise was on the other it was the holding place, if you will. The Catholic religion turned it into purgatory, which is not what God called it because you can't pray somebody out of it. And I can give you lots of scriptures about that. But the reality is, there was a place called paradise. Is that place still today? Waiting for that day of days, that moment of moment, that hour of hours when Jesus says, It's done, it's over, I'm finished. And he opens that door in Revelation 4.1 and says, come on up, kids. It's time to enjoy your new home. I don't know. But I do know 2 Corinthians 5 says, for we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, we have a building of God, not made with hands, eternal, waiting for us in the heavens, all oh, folks, that I could describe the indescribable. But the Bible very clearly says that eye has not seen nor ear heard. Neither has it entered even into the heart of a man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Some will ask, well, Pastor, what are we going to do in heaven? We're going to just float around on clouds, strumming harps? Well, when you start reading, starting in Revelation chapter 4, We got the 4 and 20 elders, the 24 elders, which 12 represent the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 represent the 12 apostles, in heaven, in what is understood as a functional theocracy with different levels of responsibility assigned to different peoples of different levels and orders and structure. Say, well, I don't fully understand. Well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's not on the screen, but it's in your Bible. So look for it yourself. The Bible says that one of our first jobs is we're going to judge the fallen angels. We can be sure that we're going to be doing things. You say, Pastor, how do I know? Look at John 5, 17. Jesus himself said, my father is always working. And so am I. So how many think we're just going to be floating around eating bonbons I know some of you think so, but I don't know if any of us are going to make very good angels. I know some of you guys are upset because you call your wife an angel. I understand. Isaiah 65, look what it says. Look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. Isaiah had a picture. God is declaring unto Isaiah, What's going to yet be? And look what he says. And no one will ever even think about the old again. Look at me for just a second. There's a lot of people say, Pastor, what happens? I I can imagine living in eternity knowing that I have loved ones, family, friends, whatever, that didn't make it. The Bible talks about 30 minutes of silence in heaven. I don't know this. This is just something I think. That it could be right then where God fulfills Isaiah 65 and we no longer remember what was. And God will fill us with what is. Well, Pastor, what if I want to remember? Who would? He said, I make all things new. Are you riding with me, folks? Be glad. Rejoice forevermore in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as the place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem, delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard. In those days, listen to this, people will live in houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards, and their work will no longer be in vain. How's that for a description? How many think it'd be pretty cool? Let me begin to wrap up this indescribable place with some words of reality. Heaven is a place where all things will be concluded. You see, before God can start our eternities new, we have to finish our eternity's past. Our lives in yesterday. The first thing that will happen in heaven, number one, is all is going to be revealed. The Bible says as a Christian in Second Corinthians 5 that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's called the Bema seat. That we might give account for the things that we've done in our body, whether good or whether bad. The first order of business is God saying, I'm revealing everything. The Bible says, What was done in secret, I'm gonna shine it out in the front. What's done on the rooftop or what's done in the basement, I'm gonna shout it from the rooftop. God said, I'm gonna reveal everything. That's why so many times I have people say, Well, Pastor, why do you deal with this? Why do you deal with that? Because God's trying to clean house now. So he'll have a clean house then. You say, Well, Pastor, There's not going to be any dirty in that house up there. He said, that's right. That's why he uses us pastors to help clean house now. Say, how do you do that? We repent. And we say, God, forgive me. Folks, all of us. I was talking to somebody earlier, except for the blood of Jesus, we all in bad shape can somebody say amen. But thank God for his mercy. And his grace is from everlasting to everlasting. And he said, all that call upon the name of the Lord. You see, is it that simple? Yes, to call upon means to leave behind and stretch forward too. Sadly, only the saved are going to be involved in the great, or in the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne will be for everyone else. The second thing we see is that all will be opened. The Bible says the Lamb's book of life is there. All the records will be opened. There's another book that will be opened before the great white throne. But everyone's name that is found in the Lamb's book of life, Matthew chapter 12, look at it. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, we all must give account on judgment day of every idle word. God's wanting to clean house before that last trumpet blows. He says it's that life that confession of heart that will condemn or acquit. Everything will be recorded. Everything that has been will be opened. And we're told to rejoice. So pastor, how do you rejoice? Not because devils are subject to us, not because of the works we have done, but because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'll make this very simple statement. You can die of cancer and go to heaven. You can die of natural causes and go to heaven. You can die of kidney trouble, sugar, diabetes, poverty, loneliness, in rags, or from a car accident. You can die in the poorhouse and still go to heaven. But you cannot die in your sin and go to heaven. That is the only place that God's hands are tied. He said, Pastor, how do we do that? We choose not to repent. We choose not to turn away from this world. Folks, I, I love this world. I-, I love the grandeur. I was walking around the other day, and I was just thanking God for the beauty. I was thanking God for so many things. But then I was interrupted and realized what I'm really thanking for is that I'm saved on this earth. Revelation chapter 20 says, whosoever's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is cast in the lake of fire. The next thing that will happen, the Bible says, is all will be rewarded. What do I mean? It's party time. The Bible talks about a great supper in heaven. Revelation chapter 19, and I heard again what sounded like a Great crowd shouting in a roar of a mighty ocean and a crash of loud thunder. Talking about the joy going on in heaven. They're shouting, praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and the bride is sharing it with him. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. She has been given the finest pure white linen to wear. That's you and I. Yeah. Pastor, what if I don't look good and white? Get used to it. In Matthew 5, it says rejoice. Your reward's going to be great in heaven. You say, Pastor, what if I'm here today and I'm not ready? Well, I tell you that you have time. I got time? How much time? The next breath you take. You see, because none of us are promised a day or an hour, a month or a year. God said, I want to reward for sincerity. There's people that will receive rewards for suffering, for service. He said, but no matter what, when you get home, everything will be worth it. You know what? Jesus said in Luke 15, he said there's more joy in heaven over one person that repents than over 99 that have no need of repentance. Surely, when one person is saved, a great shout of heaven. Why? Because ultimately and finally, the purpose of Calvary will be complete. You see, Jesus didn't die to make bad people good. Jesus died to make dead people live. He made a way for those that are dead in their sins. I was one. Any other ones out there? He made made a way, and he said, if you just come to me, if you just come to me, but coming to him, Means I gotta let go of something else. Come with me, my friend. Come with me. Paul's gonna represent the kingdom of God. Bill's gonna represent the world. And I'm gonna say, oh God, I love you. I love you. I I, I, lo- I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you, world. I, but God, I love I. God, God says you, you got to let go of something. But problem is, is too many of us reach back and let go of this over here because we like this. Jesus said, just come to me. Just come to me. Live for me. Trust me. Pastor, I want to, but I mess up. Welcome to the club. Can I tell you a secret? Your pastor messes up once in a while too. Oh, pastor, you fall into sin. No, I mess up. Every once in a while, my patience gets short like if you were here last Sunday to be privileged to witness that. Yeah, not a good thing. That's okay. I don't have any nail prints. And you know what happens? You run back. What I'm talking about is a life lived for him will not be in vain. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. A man can go to heaven without health, wealth, fame, or a name. A man can go to heaven without learning or earning. Without culture, beauty, friends, and a thousand other things. But the one thing you can't do is go to heaven without Jesus. So I wonder if you would bow your heads with me this morning. And I just want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready to go to heaven? You say, Pastor, there's so much life left to live. Folks, I didn't start living life until I gave it to Christ. I didn't start living life until I became a Christian. And today I want to ask you very simply what is the life you're living? Does it have eternal promise for heaven? Jesus made a way where there was no way. And he said, all that would call upon me would no wise be cast out. We call it amazing grace. You see, it was God's grace that opened the door that no man could open. It was God's grace that made a way that no man could make. And it's God's grace that's here today to open that door for you. Let me ask you something. Would you open your heart and let Jesus come in? I've described heaven to the best of my ability. I've gave you a piece of paper that you can go and look at all the wonderful things. You say, Pastor, is that all the scriptures? Oh no. But is some of the scriptures? Talks about a place brand new. A place that he made just for you. He said, Would you come home? Would you come? Would you come?
1: Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit VLCCAZ.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.